welcome to the Rod the Mag Podcast, episode three, y'all. Today, we have a good show for you. Ian will be joining us again from the Vibes and Stuff Podcast to discuss our first segment, top three reasons why J.R. Smith is not to blame for the demise of the Cleveland Cavaliers as we speak in the NBA Finals. Also, we're going to be talking about who do you think is going to win NBA Finals MVP, along with where are these free agents, along with LeBron, are going to go to next, starting next season. We're going to find out, we're going to discuss that to see where we think they'll end up. Also in media, we're going to talk about the National Spelling Bee, which is stuff that I care about, but maybe you don't care about it, but I will make you. And also, Serena Williams, a National Guard steals a tank? We'll discuss that too. In the meantime, stay tuned and enjoy the show. Kevin Durant way outside, delivers! Kevin Durant from downtown, it's a six-point game. That's the same spot where he had it in game three last year. I mean, my goodness. How much did Kevin Durant's performance tonight remind you of game three last year in the same building? Uh, man, I was just like it, deja vu. From where he hit the shot from, a little bit deeper this time, but... You know, he really took the game over both game threes. Incredible opportunity. Durant for three. It's good. Kevin Durant from downtown. And Golden State takes the lead. Kevin Durant, though, so gifted, comes down and just pulls up and knocks it in. Yo, yo. What's up? What's up? Ian from Vibes and Stuff will be joining us on our third episode of Rod the Mag Podcast. Welcome back, bro. Yo, yo, thanks for having me, man. Once again, it's on, man. Thanks for inviting me back. Oh, no problem, man. We both uh, just got through uh, enjoying a wonderful convention over the weekend. We're not going to pull out any spoilers or nothing, but... <laughs> All I got to say is do not miss it. Yes, definitely. If you haven't made it to the 2018 Regional Convention... Please be, you know, it's uh, be courageous. Please come, please enjoy. It's going to be a wonderful program and uh, no spoilers until September. So I can't wait till we finally get a chance to talk with you about this. But uh, very encouraging, you know, it was, it very, very encouraging, mind blowing. Yeah. So uh, with that said, we're about to get into these NBA finals once again. Uh, again, Kevin Durant coming up big. As uh, you listen to in the highlights of Kevin Durant hitting that near half court shot, you know, nearly the same location, not the exact same spot as LeBron mentioned yesterday, but the, a little bit deeper as he pulled up on two players, hit a long three, 43 points, carried the Warriors on his back. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on that performance last night. What do you think of Kevin Durant's uh, performance? Um, amazing performance, man. He he made amends for coming up short in game one, in my opinion. Uh, game one, he was a little reticent, uh, you know, a little standoffish, kind of quiet. 
you know, but I knew we would get this from KD. You know, um, last year when they won the when they beat the Cavs in the finals last year, um, KD showed up big when it mattered most. Um, you know, I think it was games three, four, and five where he was just he just looked unstoppable. You know what I mean? So KD, he's 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 clearly a player that kind of has to get worked up into a lather before he starts going off. Um, you know, not, not a Bro. huge you know uh, uh, mark against him. But I have noticed that about his game somewhat, you know. But when you got when you got Steph and Clay and Draymond and Eagle Doll on your team, it's like you you can kind of afford to to do that to take a little time to get revved up. But but great performance, man. Um, you know, give us two more like that, KD. Exactly. Um, I felt like last year I felt like um, KD uh, came out of his shell. Uh, like you said, games three and four and five, he was amazing. Um, Steph Curry was actually pretty good in that series, too. A lot of people kind of dub him as a choke in the finals. But honestly, he's, if you go back and look at the numbers, he's actually no, showed, he showed up. up. I'm, I want to talk but, about that a little later on in this episode. But I, 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 I'm going to stick to the rubric you gave me uh, for topics. So because I, I do feel Steph gets gets disrespected a little bit. But we'll we'll get on that later. Yeah, definitely. We'll add that on. Uh, we got time uh, to discuss that. But, yeah, back to my thoughts on KD's performance. I mean, this dude, like, <laughs> I was more questioning uh, two things. Number one, the Cavs' defense was terrible last night. Like, they played some awful defense. And not that's not taking away from what KD did uh, because KD took advantage of the matchups that they gave him. But their defense was terrible. They was giving up a lot of dunks and layups. And, you know, they got off to a real good start. I knew the crowd was going to be into yeah. it. Uh, yeah. The home crowd did help them a little bit in the beginning. Huh? I said, yeah, that home crowd definitely helped them out in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, it did. It did. And then the, the LeBron dunk in the beginning, it really electrified everything. Roddy Hood finally shows up to a playoff game <laughs> and puts up 13. I mean, off the bench, everybody was calling his name. He actually came through and showed up, but uh, their defense was was putrid. And in the and, and I, I'm not trying to pick on LeBron here, but I am going to do a little nitpick. There was a play when LeBron hit. Okay, LeBron hit a three, and there was a switch out on defense when the Warriors bringing it out, and Rodney Hood was guarding uh, someone else at the top of the key, and they called for a screen. Uh, Le- LeBron was one-on-one with LeBron at, with, with, with KD at this point, and then uh, they called for a screen, and Le- it wasn't a solid screen. It was kind of a like, okay, I'm going to get in the way. I'm going to run and act like I'm going to do a screen. Oh. Uh, Rodney Hood kind of, you know, was kind of baited into the screen or whatever. And LeBron kind of sags off to the side and leaves Rodney Hood on the island to guard Durant, and Durant hits a three. And I'm like, Wait a LeBron minute. does not take. We all know this. LeBron does not take tough defensive assignments, you know. And and he's been given a pass on that because oh, he has so much to do on the offensive end. He can't tire himself out. Well, they don't call him the goat then. Um, exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like James Harden could do that. Carmelo Anthony you know could what do I- that. You know what I think, Ian? I think LeBron was having flashbacks of last year of what happened in game three, and he didn't want that to happen to him a second straight year. Because if that would have happened a second straight year. Hey, man. Hey, man. You, 
you, you got you got to show up, man. You got to show up. Um, you you yeah. know what your goal is as a as a as far as your legacy, LeBron. You know you're chasing this goal. You put it. You know a lot of people are already putting you above Jordan, man. You, you know you got to show oh. up. I'm tired of all the excuses. I'm tired of all this, the scapegoating. It, well, he doesn't scapegoat his teammates to his credit, but the LeBron fans will scapegoat his teammates, you know, and it's like, you know, on a, on a, on a, on a job, man, like, like say for instance, my job, man, I got, I got 36 accounts. I have to service between Monday and Thursday for the most part. It's like, if I'm overwhelmed and I ask for help and they don't give it to me. Guess what? I still got to do the job. You know, because if I don't yeah. do my job, you know, I'm I'm gonna get chewed out about it. You know, and I wake, yeah. I make way less money than LeBron. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, like he probably exactly. spends more on neckties a year than I get paid for my yearly salary. You know, so you you got to find a way to get it done, and sometimes that means taking the the, the defensive the tough the toughest defensive assignments. Like who was he guarding? I can't remember. Was it Clay? I I don't I don't remember the play. I'm actually looking it up now, but yeah, I, I just feel like LeBron kind of, you know, kinda it wasn't even a hard screen set uh on LeBron. LeBron just kind of, all right, here you go, uh Rodney Hood, go on right pad, you guard KD, and then KD just pulled up on him. And I was like, come on, man. Like, really? Like this is you and don't, Rodney Hood, you don't, he's not even um He's not even as tall as George Hill, and, and like, 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 KD was dwarfing George Hill, man. He was just yeah. eating his lunch, doing whatever he wanted with him, man. But that's, exactly. you know, KD presents matchup problems for for yeah for people, but that's why six nine, two hundred fifty pound LeBron James needs to step in. You know, don't put Rodney Hood on him. Like Rodney Hood was, you know, on the sidelines during the playoffs, refusing to play in exactly. game, man. He. He's sitting on the sidelines in a, in a pair of Wrangler jeans, man, because he, he – you know what I mean? Because he, he mm-hmm. feels like he should have to go in and play. But, you know, you, you, you got to take those tough defensive assignments, man. KD killed them last night, you know what I mean? Yeah. But then again, yeah. man, is, is, is that really LeBron's fault or is that Coach Ty Lue's fault? Well, I definitely think it's all – I'm just – I'm just using that situation as far in regards to LeBron James kind of like, all right, I don't want to take this moment again. But as far as the overall game plan, which I mentioned my first point was the defense. The defense was putrid, and the reason why the defense was putrid is because Tyron Lue did not have his boys ready. And it goes into what we, we, we're going to discuss. We're going to kind of backtrack because, you know, we missed, you know, uh, Last week, you know, we discussed the NBA Finals before it happened. So we in three games in, we get we didn't get a chance to discuss Game One, and I'm gonna point out, you know, we're gonna talk about three reasons as to why uh, J.R. Smith is not to blame for that loss. But I'm also got some honorable mentions. Okay. As far as who, as far as who's to blame for the loss? Yes, I, I got some honorable mentions too. All right, so let's do the let's get the honorable mentions out. Of course, George Hill. Yes, he missed he missed the second free throw, which if he made it, it would have put them up. It would have forced the Golden State Warriors to take their last timeout, and they would have had a chance to 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 turn on a D in those last four seconds, and uh, right. win the game. It's still a game. Yeah. All right, and that's that's your only honorable. And mention, my or? other honorable mention is Ty Lue because even though they got the offensive rebound, you had a timeout left. Why didn't you just call it? Yeah, that's true. 
That's true. Uh, I my honorable mention um, is is LeBron James, and the reason why is because you had Steph Curry guarding you. You had Steph Curry. You had Steph Curry guarding you with seven seconds left, and I know he made the LeBron apologists and the LeBron enthusiasts are going to say he made the right basketball play. That's the difference between him and Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan is selfish and just looks to score, which is not true. He <laughs> went to see Curry in 97. Uh, but um, I'm, I'm trying to look at this highlight. As a matter of fact, I'm going, I'm, I want to go back. I think I saw the play I was talking about. Uh, here we go. Hold on. I think they skipped it. The highlight that I looked at, they skipped the play. Oh, it just happened. Yeah. LeBron was guarding Steph Curry. The switch was basically Andre Iguodala put a, put a screen out, and LeBron chose to switch on Steph Curry. And then that's when KD hit the three-pointer. So, yeah, that's just to clear that up. Well, see, but that, this is why I keep bringing it back to coaching, man. It's like if KD has been torching y'all all night, like, after about – he scored what? How many points did he score? 45, 46? 43. 43. 43 and 13. After he hits about – after he gets to about 22, 24 points, 26 points, like, if I'm a coach, I'm thinking, okay, this guy's getting off, okay? Like, we need to figure out some kind of way to stop him. Steph Curry is 6'3". You do not need to have 6'9", LeBron James, on Steph Curry. Like, put somebody else on yeah. him to kind of – Get in his face, like I don't know, maybe J.R. Smith or somebody, man. But like KD, you you need to put somebody on him before he goes off of forty three points. Yeah, you know, once yeah, he starts catching block like that, and he's approaching that thirty point mark, man, and the game ain't over yet. Like, yo, get some but double team him, man. Double team him, do something. Yeah. Exactly, and there was some points in the in the game where Kevin Love was on him, and I'm like. He's abusing Kevin Love. Like, Kevin Love can't guard perimeter players. You know, it's, it's like, what are you – Tyron Lue just did not have a good game plan defensively going into it. He just expected the same thing to happen in the Eastern Conference where all the role players just all of a sudden get the Holy Spirit and step up and start playing beyond their ability. <laughs> and he expected that against a Western Conference team, and he was – Highly mistaken. You said you said and, he was expecting everybody to get to get the catch the Holy Ghost and start playing well. Yeah, like yeah, like, exactly. like, like, exactly. like like all of a sudden they get they get mutant powers and that X Men music come on. <laughs> like, like. I mean, come on, man! You want them to start dancing around like some old church lady? They they you know that's how the role players play at, at Cleveland. They dance around like little church ladies and they have Holy Ghost. You know, you seen those little uh, things. On, on Instagram or little memes and stuff like that, where you see church ladies just dancing and, <laughs> and falling out and passing out. That's how they play at home. They that's how they play at home. But when they get on the road, they like the Warner Brothers frog. The Warner Brothers frog, he's singing and everything. Hello, my baby. Hello. My honey. <laughs> and then as soon as the crowd get in front of him, he's like, that that's that's how the role players for 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 the Cavs have been the whole Eastern Conference. Hey, hey. But you can't do that against no Western Conference team. You can't yeah, allow yeah. you can't get relaxed and say, Oh, we at home, so I know I I know my role players are gonna step up. No, Tyron Lou, you need to come up with a game plan, an actual game plan to stop a very good, if not yeah, great, don't, 
Yeah, don't you? They, you're right. They turn into the WB frog, man. I like chicken. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. You know, you gotta. You gotta. I don't know. You gotta show. But back to the the whole top three reasons. I'm gonna hit you with my top three reasons uh, why J.R. Smith was not to blame. Number one, of course, was Tyron Lue in my book because Tyron Lue not only had one opportunity to call a timeout, he had three opportunities to call a timeout. Number one. Uh, or not not call a timeout, but let his players know that he had three opportunities to let his players know that if anything happens, if George Hill missed this shot and y'all get an offensive rebound, call a timeout. We need to reset. Or because when, when J.R. Smith got that rebound, he could have put it back up, but KD was right there because that's the person that he boxed out to get the rebound. So... KD probably, you know, who's a good block, you know, shot blocker, probably would have got a hand on that ball or, you know, JR would have probably missed at the buzzer. But JR, you know, even even when you saw JR Smith run back out as a coach, you got to be aware, oh, you know what? Let me call a timeout because JR's losing it. You know, he, he he's not into it. He's not in, in the game. I mean, even even if even if it was you know, not evident that he was losing it. The ball was in his hands. It's like, in that scenario, the game is tied. It's seconds on the clock. It's the fourth mm-hmm. quarter. You really want the ball in, in, in J.R. Smith's hands? Yeah, yeah, I mean, exactly. Just, just for know. the fact that he had the ball, before he even started running toward half court, he should have called a timeout. Exactly, exactly. And I like what you said there. Do we really trust J.R. Smith? And it goes back to what we well we were saying about LeBron James that le- with seven seconds left you got Steph Curry guarding you you've been abusing Steph Curry the whole game you drop fifty you no one can stop you um, why are you trusting in George Hill to come through in the clutch when George Hill has a history of when he was in Indiana and the reason why he got traded from San Antonio to Indiana because he would always fold under pressure in San Antonio and that's what led Kawhi Leonard to being in San Antonio. So you mean to tell me you put trust in uh, George Hill, who's a role player, who's not even a top 25 point guard in the league, to, to make a clutch layup? I don't know. I, I don't yeah, know that, if that is that's, like, a, that's a bad you know, game, man. man. I, I heard, I don't know if you heard Michael Rappaport a few days ago talking about, this is when they were still in the Boston series, but he was talking about, he was like, man, we don't even really know if Tyrone Lue is the coach of this team. Um that's you true. Because of his lack of a game plan and, like, the fact that they have to depend so heavily on LeBron. Like, LeBron seems to have a, a pretty high basketball IQ, man. Like, and he – who knows, man? He might could coach a little better than Ty Lue at this point. Yeah, exactly. I, I think so making I've seen. I think so, too. I think so, too. And that's why I think, you know, uh, Ty Ron Lue was overrated as a coach. I always felt like he was. And, uh yeah. I feel like he was the big number one reason, in my opinion, why he should be blamed. You know, George Hill, you got to make that free throw. But it, it, I'm going to quote the great Mark Jackson on George Hill. You ready for me? <laughs> you, you ever watched that 30 for 30 on Reggie Miller? I did. I did. Okay. Remember, after Reggie Miller hit the three, he hit the two threes in nine seconds. Well, he scored. He scored eight points in nine seconds. But after he hit the two threes, uh, Indiana foolishly fouled John Starks when the game was tied, which was a dumb decision. 
but it actually turned out to be a smart decision because John Starks went to the free throw line and the way they produced the show, they produced, they produced it so crafty. When John Starks dribbled through the ball for the first time, it made a, like a little dark sound like, and they showed John Starks look slowly up at the free throw line. <laughs> and you hear Mark Jackson commentating in the background. And he says, you could see it in John Starks' eyes. He didn't want no parts of those free throws. And then as soon as he said that, you hear clank. <laughs> <laughs> and Reggie, Reggie Miller's like, he missed the first one. Oh, I know he's not going to miss the second one. I know he's not going to miss the second one. And then the next thing you know, he misses the second one. And it was just, you know, Reggie gets fouled. He hits the two free throws, game over. You know, Reggie Miller says the New York choke thing, of, you know, Amara shot at the end, and that was it. So, uh, like, that's what it was with George Hill. When he got to that free throw, look at his eyes, man. Look <laughs> at his eyes. For those who don't watch basketball but watch it casually and listen to this show, when y'all watch basketball, Look into the play. When a player goes to the free throw line, look at his eyes. You can tell whether he wants to shoot that free throw or not. And George Hill didn't know he didn't want no parts of those free throws, man. No parts. Hey, man, listen, listen. This is the team LeBron wanted. This was the team everybody was excited for three, three four months ago. Um, you know, and they, they had an impressive playoff run, man. Like, they're not, they're not a whack team. You know what I mean? No. Like it's I, I hate people trying to build in this excuse just in case LeBron gets drugged in the finals again and like he didn't have a good team. It's like y'all made it to the finals. You have exactly. a team. You know what I mean? You, you to, say that say that to Bulls fans right now. Say yeah. that to Knicks fans. Yeah. And, and and on top of that, you know, for those who didn't listen to last week's episode, we did discuss that. Uh the top three reasons uh why LeBron's run to the finals wasn't his his best and, and and a lot one of the reasons that me and you pointed out uh from last week's show is that uh there were times where the others did step up in clutch situations jeff green's game seven where he put up 20 points kevin uh love stepping up and hitting two two big threes in game uh seven against indiana when lebron when lecramp had lecramps and you know there were times where, at the end, uh, Kevin Love had a double double in the series against Toronto. They dominated Toronto. So, like, don't let's not sit here and act like this was, you know, oh, this was just so hard. You know, the level of competition was just no, 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 no. Please, no one, no one had Cleveland beating, struggling with Indiana in seven games in the first round. Yeah. Everybody knew. No, I didn't. Was be Toronto. I know I didn't. Um, yeah. You know. Toronto, I knew they would beat Toronto, but I didn't expect a sweep, you know. And as far as, as, as far as Indiana, man, you 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 can't out, you can't count out no team that got Lance Stevenson, man. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's 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 the man right there, y'all. The whole league is gonna have to recognize one day. Hey, hey, when he become a free agent, I can't wait to to see the noise from that man. I would love <laughs> to see him on the Bulls, man. I, just just for the show, you know. I would, right. I, would, I ain't been to a Bulls game since Derrick Rose, man. Definitely go to a Bulls game if Lance Stevenson signed with the Bulls. <laughs> I'll be, I do, I'll be front <laughs> center, man. <laughs> Rooting them on, cheering them on, old Lance, man. Lance would make them dance, baby. But um, yep. You you had brought up earlier about the finals MVP, like who who that would be. 
um, once mm-hmm. the series plays out. I, I, you yeah. know, for just for I, I think for NBA political reasons, um, you know, once the Warriors put them away, which is what I totally think is going to happen, it will go to KD if he plays at the same level. All he really has to do is average like. 28 29 points the next two games i think the finals mvp is his, is his for the taking but i do think i, I what but who i want to see get it is steph curry i agree because people kind of forget like yo steph curry won a championship before KD got on you know and since exactly. he's been on the warriors he's kind of dominated a lot of the headlines as the best player but you know man like steph curry man he is still just an assassin from three man like you know, what, what KD did last night, like making shots from almost half court, Steph does that on a regular basis, you know. And I, yeah. I would like to see him get more some more props, perhaps even go off on a, over the next couple of games or next game and um, get that get that finals MVP, man. I think I think he deserves it. Yeah. I, I think so, too. I think he needs to have a strong game four. Like, that game three was – a nightmare for Curry until that three that he hit towards the end. Um, KD made a great point about Steph and Clay after the game. He was just like, man, those guys just out there having fun. And that's the thing that I love about Steph Curry. He he doesn't have a conscience. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't look rattled. He never looks rattled. I think the only time he looked semi-rattled was, I think it was games, the 2016 NBA Finals when when LeBron blocked his, his layup and went oh, and yeah. got in his face, you know, you don't eat spinach, you know, like me or something like that, he said to him. You don't eat spinach <laughs> like me. I mean, like you ain't got the reps. Yeah, yeah you ain't in the reps pocket like that's me. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the only thing. You know, Steph Curry, Curry had fouled out and threw his mouthpiece and all that other stuff. I think that was the only time where I saw Steph Curry really affected by the game. But other than that, the man is lights out. When it, when it all said and done. And I thought his, if it wasn't for his performances in games one and two, I think we we, we would be looking at a 2-1 series instead of a, a um, you know, three-zip series. Absolutely. Honestly. Absolutely. He had a record-breaking game too, man. Like, that's, that's yeah. you know, as far as three points made in the finals, it's like, you know, that's got to count for something. You know what I mean? And, and people just kind of like defer to KD as the best player on that squad, man. But like, you know, don't forget, man, KD was on OKC and had the Warriors had the upper hand on the Warriors 3-1 in the Western Conference Finals, and the Warriors came back yep. and beat them, you know, won three games yep. in a row. So, you know, you know, give him get get a man his props, man. Like, like I don't know what the whole like hating on Steph Curry thing is about. I don't know, man. Maybe it's a light skin thing, man. But like you know. Always hate on you. Come on, man. You should know that. Hey, man, it is what it is, man. I, I, I can't help. I was born this way. But, um, you, you know, they, they, they there is like a, a dismissal of his skills. You know what I mean? Like with with, with Steph yeah. Curry, I, I really don't know. You know what it is, man. I don't know if he just disrupts the narrative that you know. You know, you know how it goes in the NBA. It's like we're going to handpick these three, four players, and we're going to talk about these three, four all stars throughout the league. 80% right. of the time. And exactly. along comes Steph Curry, you know what I mean, on a team that built through the draft, on a team that really isn't a big uh, big city market or a big market city. And, you know, 
it's like he got a cheat code to a video game with, with all the knocking yeah. down. And it's like, okay, now all of a sudden you're forced to talk about this guy. You know, you can't just talk about LeBron James and Katie and, and James Harden anymore, you know. Um, yeah. You know, and, and I don't know. I don't know if that has something to do with it, you know, but. I don't know what it is because people, here's the thing. The narrative before the playoffs started was when Steph Curry was hurt that Houston had a chance with Steph Curry being hurt. If he's hurt long enough into that Houston series, that Houston got a chance to knock off Golden State. And I'm like, why is that the case when you got KD? Would people think that if Steph Curry and LeBron was on the same team? Like, if Steph Curry goes down and LeBron's on the same team, people are going to say, okay, we still got it. We got LeBron. But why aren't people saying that when Steph Curry gets hurt and people are still giving Houston a chance to beat Golden State? I mean, I think they know how lethal uh, uh, um, uh, Steph Curry is. That's true. I think I think so too. I think I think the thing with Steph Curry is that you know Steph Steph has you know he 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 does a lot of like showboating that probably rubs a lot of fans the wrong way, which I don't have a problem with. I think I love when he goes into those little shimmy shakes and those high kick steps and and doing like the those trap dance songs that he you know trap dances that he does when he hits a three and then run, runs away before he even goes in. Like, that that's entertaining to me. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know man. I, I like it, man. Did. And it's it's other players who do the same, man, and who are not as exactly. good. <laughs> yeah. J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith. Nick Young. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, Russell Russell Westbrook was doing that for, for a little bit. Exactly. I mean, that shot that he hit over uh, Kevin Love in game two, man, that was one of the best shots I've ever seen in the finals. Like, the dude just grabbed it. He just grabbed the ball and just threw it up there. And it just, I mean, didn't even touch the net. It was just like, this dude is is an amazing shooter, man. He's the best shooter I've ever seen, like, hands down. Yeah, I've watched know. a lot of basketball. I've seen, you know, Ray Allen, Reggie Miller, um, who else, man? A lot of good, a lot of Danny. Chris Jackson, Dana Barrows, like, you know, honorable mentions. Uh, I, I even throw, uh, what's his name? Dennis Scott, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Dennis Scott broke the record, uh, in, I think, in, like, 94, 95, uh, for most threes in the season until later on that got broke. But, you know, Dennis Scott, 3D, like, this, this man – was automatic. I used to hate. I mean, when they used to play the Bulls, I used to hate when they left Dennis Scott open, man, because I knew he was gonna hit. And it. Reggie Miller, <laughs> and Reggie Miller. Oh, Reggie Miller's just just nerve. It was so nerve wracking, and people forget Reggie Miller came the closest to knocking Mike off during those six yep. championship runs, especially in '98 when, when they took him to um seven games in the Eastern Conference yeah. Finals. Yeah, and that that seven game was a grind out. It wasn't a the Bulls didn't easily beat them in that game seven. I mean, the, the Pacers were giving them some go, man. And Mike had to, yeah, I remember Mike saying after that game, he was like, man, they took a lot of energy out of us. You know, they, they tested us. So that team was, that squad was, that Indiana squad was. Yeah, Indiana squad was stacked, man. Um, yeah, they had a starting lineup coming off the bench. So, so it, that's the thing, you know, we're trying to educate these young people. Y'all looking at the, oh, these, the, the all-star, factor of the whole LeBron thing 
oh, he's only he's going up against three All Stars. Mike only wins with just one or two. But no, 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 no. Look at the numbers, okay? Yeah. That's that's what I that's what I did. I, I got curious because people were like, oh, well, you know, LeBron does does more with less and blah blah blah. So I decided to look up uh, Dwayne Wade's uh, career uh, points per game, Chris Bosh's points per game. Ky- uh, Kyrie Irving's points per game and Kevin Love's points per game, and all of them had Scottie Pippen beat. Mm. All of them. <laughs> and with the mic drop, so don't give me that he does more. LeBron does more with less because he doesn't. Um, Dennis Rodman, they like because they like oh you know Dennis Rodman blah blah blah. Dennis Rodman had a had a uh, career point per game of seven points per game. <laughs> Wow. And Rodman didn't even look to score. It was always – they had Luke Longley at center and Dennis Rodman. So, that means it was basically two against five when they were playing against teams back then. Oh, three against five. Three against five. Well, three. I count Ron Harper. But, but, but you know, <laughs> that that you can't – I mean, by that rationale, then, like, LeBron should have won the title all four years he was with the Heat. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I say that to this day. I felt like it was no excuse why they shouldn't have won four straight. And on top of that, I'm going to take you also back to this about people saying that Mike Michael Jordan's never been in a situation. And see, this is this shows that people didn't grow up during that time and, and, and have amnesia when it comes to Michael Jordan. In game six against Phoenix, and I looked this up over the weekend, game six against Phoenix, there were times, and not just, not just that series, but a lot of series, even though Pippen was a, is a Hall of Famer, Pippen was an all-star, multiple all-star, but there were times where Pippen left Michael Jordan on an island by himself in some critical moments, and Phoenix was one of them. It was game six, the last game when John Paxson hit the three. I looked at the fourth quarter scoring of that, ser- of that game. Phoenix was down before the, fir- for the, before the third quarter was over with. Phoenix went on a tear. They scored 19 points. They finished with 19 points in the fourth quarter. The Bulls only had 12. You subtract John Paxson's three, they only had nine points. You know who scored those nine points? Jordan. Jordan. Not Scottie Pippen, not Horace Grant, not Bill Cartwright, not Will Perdue, not Craig Hodges, not Dickie Simpkins. (laughs) (laughs) Dickie Simpkins. (laughs) Not P.J. Tucker. (laughs) I mean – not Jason Caffey, like none of those dudes, man. It was only Michael Jordan scoring <laughs> not, those points. Not, not Judd Butler. <laughs> not Judge but not Bobby Hansen. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Like without Jordan's nine points in that not fourth Stacey quarter. King. He ain't put not Stacey King. Not Stacey King. Stacey King went driving home safely somewhere. <laughs> you know, like this dude. Score if it wasn't for his nine points in that fourth quarter, everybody like to refer. Oh, Mike passed to John Paxson. If Mike didn't have those nine points in that fourth quarter, the Bulls would have lost that game and would have been playing a game seven in Phoenix. Yep. So, <laughs> yep. So, yo, we 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 do need to do another episode on the whole like MJ versus LeBron debate, man, and kind of lay out some of the facts. He's these 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 younger cats, it's like, oh well, I was a fetus in nineteen ninety three, so I'm gonna just say LeBron was is better. Like, no, like just just 
do do your research, man. Do your research. Yeah. Like just because you didn't live through it doesn't mean it didn't happen or it, what happened right. was as important as what you can recall and what you 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 lived through and what you can remember. Um, you know, I just hate that, man. Just just be like, you know what? I'm too young to remember Mike. I, I but I know LeBron. So, you know, I guess I'll do my research and I'll get back to you. But just right. don't be like, yo, yo, he's already surpassed him and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, just because just this is just what I think, because this is what I've seen. It's like, you know, if 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 I've never had, if I've never had filet mignon, filet mignon <laughs> I can't say T-bones are the best tasting steak. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's Exactly. You know, you got to experience both to really know what what was better. You know what I mean? But, you know, and then you got this other factor to it of like, okay, like, whatever happened to Kobe, you know, whatever happened to Tim Duncan, like, you you know, it's it's that factor to it too that's that's annoying. Like you said, like you said last week, if rings don't matter, we got to include all these guys because, you know, that's the first thing LeBron fans would say is that uh, rings don't matter. It doesn't matter about. Don't say six for six. That so what he went six for six is like, well, if rings don't matter, now you have to bring up everybody else because you you know, now we're talking rings don't matter. Now we're putting these players uh, you know, basing it off what they did uh throughout their career without talking about rings. And if you want to get technical, Barkley should be right there with LeBron James if rings don't matter because Barkley is just a, a beast in his prime. Right. And so so what about what about uh, uh, Chauncey Billups and Rip Hamilton? You know? Exactly. What about Dirk exactly. Nowitzki? You know? What about, Dirk, dude, Dirk hey, another obvious one, Shaq. <laughs> Shaq, yeah. Shaq, you know, great, awesome player. Awesome player. Arguable top 10 and some people, you know, like that I know that are real close Shaq fans, I put them in the top five, but I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. But you know, let's, you know, we'll we'll definitely discuss that in later episodes. It's just, you know, it's something that is, is going to continue to be debated. And uh, right now, I, I think the debate is starting to cool off. I, I I'm, I'm just, you know, now it's, the debate is turning into excuses. Yeah, which I'm starting. Yeah, it's it's LeBron's fans being like beating their chest after he got out of the Eastern Conference, and now they're well making excuses for everything that's transpiring in the finals. And it's like, wait a minute, this man is on the verge of getting swept for the second time in the NBA Finals, and we're gonna continue to give him a pass. Like Michael Jordan's never been swept in the finals, so you know you want to say Michael Jordan always, you know, LeBron never lost in the first round. So what? Like, this is the finals. This is what counts. This is what players live and dream for. They want to win a title. If you if you ask any player in the NBA, why are you in the NBA? And most of them are going to say, because I want to win a championship one day. So th- let's let's stop acting like championships are aren't ir- aren't relevant in the conversation of who's the goal. Yeah, like so why why even have a finals? Why even you know why yeah. why do avatars why should advertisers like pay millions of dollars to have their commercials run during the finals? Like exactly. You know if the finals don't matter, like nobody's you know people might not tune in for games one and two, but they're going to tune in for games three through seven. You know if it because mm-hmm. they just want to see who's going to win. Like. You know, it matters, you know, but right. that's how it goes with LeBron fans, man. Like, you know, they pound in their chest when he makes it. Oh, man, seven straight finals, eight straight finals. 
But you know, as soon as he gets knocked out the finals, man, it's 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 the same old story. It's the same old story. Oh, whoa, 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 it's J.R. Smith's fault. It's Kevin Love's fault. You know. Yeah, Tyron Lue's fault, which which it is. But hey, and and I'm gonna even compare it to this. I'm gonna use Donovan McNabb for example. Donovan McNabb went to five NFC Championship games, only made it to one Super Bowl. If you ask Donovan McNabb right now, in out of, out of the five times you made it to the NFC Championship game, do you would you take those moments back and say, man, I wish I could have made it to the Super Bowl all five of those times? And I bet you he says yes. He, he, Donovan McNett, the, the, the reason why you play professional sports is to win a title, not to win the NFC Championship, which is a nice piece of jewelry to have on you, on you but you want the big jewelry. You want the big one. You want the right. one, the big stage. And no one cares. You know, I'm sure I've, we probably just educated somebody on the fact that Donovan McNabb made it to five NFC championship games. And people were like, whoa, I don't, wow, I didn't know that. I mean, you know, I just know him as this big, heavy dude that was on ESPN talking like, you know, <laughs> praise the GOAT. And here this man then made it to five NFC championship games and no one remembers why because he didn't win a championship yeah it matters man it holds weight nobody remembers uh, what I, I I could not stand Nelly back in the day I didn't listen to a lot of Nelly's music yeah he had a couple of <laughs> that, 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 that touched my heart but you didn't like tip drill no I wasn't a big tip drill <laughs> 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 no, no, we ain't gonna talk about that. This show gonna go off the air pretty right. We gotta keep this PG. Air, man. My, my, my writer's in the background saying, Go to the next subject. <laughs> <laughs> They're saying, Don't get fired, keep don't get fired, don't get fired, Rodney. But uh, but I will quote a song that he made, number one, and, and this is one of the best lyrics he ever wrote. He said, I am number one, two is not a winner, and three, nobody remembers. Like, come on, man. This is what sports is all about. No one remembers exactly. who, who wins the Western Conference Finals or who never lost in the first round or who uh, holds records in the Western Conference semifinals. What matters most is what happens in the NBA Finals. Once you get to that big stage is how do you show up? And, you, you know, I'm sorry, LeBron fans, that you cannot find uh, flaws in those six championships that Michael Jordan won and never looked bad on the big stage. Never, never. You know, you just had a feeling. Every year you had a feeling of, like, he's going to get it done. Yeah. But with LeBron, it's all this question. And even now, man, the conversation now, the dominant story and conversation when you look at ESPN and and Fox Sports and TNT is, well, where's LeBron going to go next year? They've already assumed. They've already assumed that not only is he going to lose, but he's going to he's going to jump ship to another team that presumably has another All Star too for him to team up with and try to make another go of it. That's already the conversation they're having. Yeah, exactly. And uh, that kind of goes to our you know our final question in our se- in our segment about you know LeBron James, uh, where he's going to end up next. I also, I don't, I just don't want to talk about just LeBron James. Just briefly, uh, what about 
other free agents? Where where do you see Kawhi Leonard or Paul George uh, going next year? Um, to be honest, I'm I'm kind of split on where Kawhi if Kawhi should leave or stay. Like the Spurs system, you know, appears to still be intact, but I don't know how long that's going to stay intact because Ginobili is presumably going to retire, um, and and so will Tony Parker. Um, you know, I don't know how long LaMarcus is going to stay there, you know, but, but they, they seem to, to be able to make it work with what they got over there in San Antonio with, with Greg Popovich. Um, so I'm kind of split on whether he should stay or go, but if I had to put money on it, I think Kawhi should stay in San Antonio. Um, I think so too. Because if they can attract somebody else, dude, they would just do, they, they'd be unstoppable again. Yeah. Um, Tony was a player away, and that player was Kawhi Leonard, really. You know, and then you got you got Paul George. Man, Paul George got to leave OKC. Like that yeah. experiment failed miserably, dude. You added you add, you added Paul George and Carmelo, and you still won the same amount of games that you won last year. And you get out ousted out the first round by a less superior Jazz team. Yeah, yeah, by a team that you know by all means caught you slipping. Not to take nothing away from the Jazz, but. You know, nobody was really nobody really thought the Jazz was going to win that. You know, most people probably couldn't even name any Jazz players outside of Bear. And Ricky Rubio got hurt halfway through the series. Yeah, 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 right. And he was injured uh, half the series, so um, it's something broken in OKC. And 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 all signs point to Russell Westbrook. You know, he's the common denominator. Um, Paul George got to get out of there. I think Melo's going to stay because Melo. You know, he wants his money and, and, and really know who's going to take Melo at this point. Not um, Lala. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad. So sad, man. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, I mean. I, but he, he got a bubble. He got a bubble. And, and I, I don't think for either of those guys, and even for LeBron, man, I don't think the Lakers are the answer. No, no, I don't see LeBron going to L.A. I don't want LeBron to go to L.A. He's going to end up in the same. I mean, if they get Paul George, that's fine. But I don't know how LeBron's going to mesh with the rest of that young talent over there. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I think they would they would fall back and take a back seat a little bit. But, like, it's just a circus in L.A., man. The media over there is different. They're going to be tougher on LeBron James, you know. Yes. And, and like, dude, it's this. This ain't the Lakers that. This ain't the Showtime Lakers in the '80s that was being run by Doctor Bus. The 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 chemistry and the climate over there is a whole lot different. And the city of LA isn't going to. I don't think they'll embrace LeBron the way he he's been embraced in Cleveland. Um, and I think he knows that. Plus, you're in the West, okay? So yeah. now you got now you got to go at it with the Spurs, the Rockets. The uh the Pelicans, the Jazz, Portland, Golden State, more. Yeah. You know he don't want yeah. LeBron don't want no parts of that. Plus it's a it's a circus with this whole Lavar Ball situation still. Exactly, exactly. That's you know right. what's yeah, going right. what's going to happen when he's taking shots away from from his boy Lonzo? You know what I mean? And he he he's LeBron already words towards uh you know Lavar Ball in the past. You know. LaVar Ball said something about, uh, reportedly has said something about LeBron James' kids, and LeBron really took it seriously and 
it's like, man, come on now. You don't mess with a, a lion's pride, man. That's that's just one thing that you just don't do. A lot of, LeVar does a lot of things that's kind of like overboard, and I don't see that meshing in L.A. I think uh, LeBron's going to get his team, and they're going to probably assassinate that dude at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, man. They, that dude, man, like nobody wants to admit it, man, but he's – He's the headliner there. He's running the show there. Like yeah. the the media because the media can't can't keep away from this guy. Like once once Lonzo got drafted and it became very evident that like very early on that this dude was not gonna be like the greatest player, you know, not even the greatest rookie on his own team. The the media still kept giving this dude airtime. They kept giving him interviews. You know what I mean? Yep. I thought it was gonna you know eventually fade away, but no, this dude still He's, he can still get in front of a camera if he wants to. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, and that's that's the thing. I don't see LeBron. The only Western Conference team that I would be fine with LeBron being on because I feel like they have a chance. LeBron, I have a chance to still be good and still dominate is Houston. That's really the only spot I can see in the West. But I would rather see LeBron with you. I, I think LeBron needs to stay in the East because – if he goes in the West, he's going to mess up his legacy. He, he needs to keep – if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Go somewhere in the East that would help his cause uh, and, and maintain that chasing the GOAT status. But if he don't care about chasing no GOATs anymore, then do whatever you want to do, uh, LeBron. I, that's that's my advice, except go to L.A. Don't go to L.A. That's my <laughs> advice. Uh, <laughs> as far as Kawhi Leonard, I agree with you. I think Kawhi Leonard should stay. But I'm going to give you a team that I think he would be perfect for. And I think is the Indiana Pacers. Mm. They were just one all-star away from beating the Cavs. And they can thicken that bench a little bit, too, because that bench was kind of weak. But, you know, you mm. add Kawhi Leonard to that squad, another score, a guy that's proven, you know, along with Victor Oladipo, who's out there, uh, trying to do the LeBron um, right now. Uh, he's going to come back, you know, looking like Black Panther. It, <laughs> it's going to be trouble. It's going to be trouble if he gets another all-star with him. So that, that's, like, that's unselfish like Kawhi Leonard is and gives you that defensive presence. Like, Kawhi, I've never seen, I never seen a player like and just change the dynamic of a game. Though. Like, he's like a yeah, you're right. Back he would he would be perfect wait. in Indiana, man. Like, um, wait, what position does Oladipo play? Oladipo's two, two guard, okay, or point guard. He can play both positions. Okay, so Kawhi could 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 feasibly play a three. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think they they do need a, a solid, a more solid center in Indiana. I don't think they would be bulletproof if they added added Kawhi, but um. Man, that that wouldn't be bad. That wouldn't be bad at all, man. Like, you get you get Kawhi out there. You get Lance Stevenson out there. You know. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> Lance Stevenson. Yeah, keep Indiana. Do what you can, because the Bulls are coming. We coming for him. So y'all better do something to lock him up. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I. Um, you know. But other than that, I I still think Kawhi Leonard should stay. I feel like he should stay. In, in, in San Antonio. And it also, I don't know, man. I got a funny feeling that Pop is not sticking around. I just, I don't know. I don't know if Pop is in it for the long run, especially since his wife died. And, 
you know, lately this year, he's kind of been kind of like, whatever. He knows not, they're not going to be Golden State. It's kind of like, well, whatever. I know the whole situation. Yeah, man. He he had a good run. He He's he's coached them for 19 years. And yeah. he's got five rings, man. So, you know, uh, if he wants to walk away now, cool, man. Maybe that might be best, man, if they, if they both parted ways with the organization. I wouldn't be surprised either. And on top of that, I think his predecessor, and 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 I just you heard it here first, but I think his predecessor might be Becky Hammond. It's who? It's who? Becky Hammond. She used to play in the WNBA. She's one of the. She was like one of the first female assistant coaches in the. You know NBA. what they've been talking? They've been talking under, about under Greg Popovich. They've been talking about that. So so is this is this is this breaking news or is this broken news? It's broken news right now. <laughs> it's broken news right now, but I'm cheering for it because I think she's a, she was a great NBA player, and then also she, it seems like she knows her basketball. It seems like the San Antonio organization respects her. I saw an interview, uh, E60, on her uh, that I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, she, she, she's a, she's a very good basketball mind. And you know, if she, if anybody's gonna be a, a female coach, I think it's her. Uh, she could break the barrier and of, of you know women being in the NBA coaching male basketball, and what perfect organization to do it for than San Antonio that already has a system for her lined up, so she don't have to come in with a, a whole new playbook. She already's familiar with pop systems. She could just come in and take over for Pop, and you know all those guys that you know Pop. Could, I think Pop will probably even though if he leaves the organization. Uh, as a coach, I think he still will stick around as an ambassador or uh, behind the scenes and, and kind of, you know, because uh, Pop has always been great at scouting. Like, he's the scouting magician. This man knows how to find talent. So, and, and I, I think it's broken news, but I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. Yeah, man, that would be that would be real interesting uh, to see, man, and exciting to see. Whatever um, happens. Um, you know, whatever happens, I just want to see some more free agent all-stars go to the East. I, I'm glad you said that. One more thing I want to mention before we stop our segment, before we end our segment, the Bulls. Do you think they have a chance at getting a big name free agent? They have a chance, but do will they recognize – well, this is the thing. They, they have a chance – but will they will they make the right choice? That's true. You know, Chicago has a terrible reputation for not not looking after their players, man. Not they paying do. them right, um, you know, not doing them right in the end, like like they did with Jimmy Butler. Um, yeah. You know, so I you know you get there's this other layer to it of like who would want to come to Chicago, but. Uh, you know, I, I I don't know, man. They, they everyone has a chance, but do they have a very good chance? No. But the yeah, Bulls' best that's true. the Bulls' best bet is to build through the draft, and I mean, just look, but look, yeah, you know, and, they, and they're not that good with that. You know, they're they're okay, they're better than some, but you know, they're not the best with that. I mean, let's just look. I mean, look at look at their history. Like, what free agents have they? Let's just look at the past. What? Let's just look at the post Jordan era. Like, what free agents where have they been able to really get? 
I mean, Carlos Boozer, uh-huh. Eddie Robinson. I mean, bad picks, man, bad. But Carl, even Carlos Boozer was the th- still the third best person on the team. Yeah, yeah, Carlos Boozer, I would have to say, out of all the free agents that the Bulls have signed in the past, I think Carlos Boozer was not a bad signing. You know, he, he still played decent for the Bulls. He wasn't a fan favorite. He, you know, he wasn't what he was in Utah, and I think that's what turned a lot of fans off. If you look at some old highlights of Boozer when he was in Utah, that dude was a monster. And then he comes over to the Bulls. He breaks his – questionably breaks his hand – that first season, and, and, and you're like, what? And then he comes back, and he's not the same loser that we saw in Utah. That turned a lot of Bulls fans off. But he still was efficient. He still was, you know, he wasn't no, he wasn't no pushover. You know, he still put up 20 and, you know, 10, well, not 20 and 10, but like 18, 16 and uh, 10 or whatever. But it just wasn't what we expected, you know. And I think we were just a little sour about the whole Dwayne Wade dissing the organization and basically getting Chris Bosch to botch his interview with the Bulls, and then they ended up joining forces in Miami. You know, a lot of Bulls fans were still a little heated about that. So yeah, yeah, that 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 played a role. But as far as my take on um, the free agency with the Bulls, uh, I don't think the Bulls are going to strike big in a free agency. Free agency. Uh, but it, I think it also all depends on Zach Levine. I think Zach Levine is going to – I think they're going to start talking to his agent June 30th about what they do about his contract because he's uh, – the Bulls can match any offer. But, you know, there's questions about whether Zach Levine's a max player. Yeah, I like I'm not conv- very upset. I'm not con- – yeah. I'm not convinced Zach Levine is the guy – is that guy you need to be building your franchise around right now. Oh. Like, you know he's a he's got athleticism and energy and all of that, man. But you know, I don't know, man. I'm not I'm not fully convinced. You know what I mean? Like that that he's that guy that you need to like put all your eggs in one basket with. And okay, let's surround him with this, this, and that, and build around this guy. Like you know, Javale McGee is athletic. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, very true. You know, but his decision making, of course, is is terrible. So, you know, I I don't know, man. Like the Bulls, ah, I just it depresses me to even talk about them, man. I let's, let's, yeah, we're not, let's, let's, let's talk about some like, fifty some fifty plus win teams, man. Like 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 <laughs> it just depresses me, man. It's like like uh, um, what's the coach's name, man? I I can't even think of the dude's name. Hoyball, Hoyball. Oh yeah, Hoy, yeah, your boy Hoyberg, man. Like, like I just look at him, man. Like his face just says loser, man. Like, oh man, he's he's terrible. I wish the Bulls would fire him, and I don't wish nobody losing their job. But that's one dude. I wish he he's he's Robin Ventura, uh, two point <laughs> The dude is just not inspiring at all. He doesn't inspire me to watch basketball. When no. He's so no, he doesn't. I don't get excited at all. You he know? doesn't. He doesn't. Him and Thibodeau are like night and day, man. Thibodeau, Thibodeau yeah. got them boys balling, man, over there in Minnesota in the Western Conference. In the Western Conference, holding their own against the top seed. I mean, that's, you know, Carl Anthony Towns had a soft series, but he's, he's a work in progress. He's going to get better. But he got them, he had them boys playing. And so that's the thing, man. I, I, I will say, I will, I know you're depressed about the Bulls. 
but I'm going to end our segment and I'm going to make you feel good with this next rep. Even though you might be impressed, depressed about the Bulls, okay. I will say this. And I'm going to tell you how good Zach Levine really is. You know how good Zach Levine really is? <laughs> when you only get one line, one line in the Game of Zone series, and that one line is, I do cool dunks. Dude. <laughs> yeah. That just shows you the future of the Bulls, and the Bulls are going to be terrible for the next five years because we have a player that we're going to possibly play max dollars to that does cool dunks. Dude, five years? Dude, eight. Eight, man. <laughs> Nine, ten, whatever. Keep rolling them out. Bulls fans, hey, at least I will say this. I feel sorry for those kids that was born in the 90s and 2000s. Because I can sit back and kick my feet and say, hey, I watched my team win six titles with the greatest player of all time. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> we can we can leave it on that note, man. Touche. Yep. Man. I could always exactly. I could all we could always lay our hats on that at the end of the day. At the end of the day. Yep. Well, and uh appreciate you stopping through on Rod the Mac podcast. Appreciate you. Most deaf, most deaf, man. Can't wait to do it again. Yep, check for next week's episode. We're going to have new topics, uh, new discussions, possibly another special guest. We never know. I'm going to start getting uh, some more people in and get some more thoughts on uh, sports and the media in general. So please stop on by. And if you want to be a guest on the show, please DM me on social media and we'll roll it off from there. Uh, And appreciate you coming through. Check out the Vibes and Stuff podcast. It's on fire, bro. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. We're going to keep it going. It's on fire. Great topics, man. I know you're going to tell you the topics. Just download the app Anchor. Type in vibes and stuff. Type in Rod the Mad podcast. Type in Steos podcast. Check all three of those podcasts out. We're all witnesses. Please, your fellow brothers. For sure. All right, bro. All right, bro. Till next time, bro. Peace. Thank you. Bewusstseinslager. B-E-W-U-S-T-S-S-E-I-N-S-L-A-G-E. Bewusstseinslager. Bewusstseinslager is spelled B-E-W-U-S-S-T-S-E-I-N-S-L-A-G-E. Thank you. Thank you. Nia. Kinania. Koinania. K-O-I-N-O-N-I-A. Koinania. That is correct. You just listened to the National Spelling Bee Championship between Nimina uh, Nardif, whatever his name is, um, I- I'll get his real name in a second. He beat out Nasa Moody for the National Spelling Bee Championship. And uh, I think his first name was Cardiff. But um, very entertaining uh, National Spelling Bee Championship. However, I have a gripe. And one of the gripes is I did not like the word that they gave Nasa in the championship round. 
uh, as you can see, they gave her a very difficult word. If you look up the highlights, the word was so long and it took her up until the 22nd second to finally try to make an attempt to spell it. And she spelt it, oh, I say 95% of it correctly, except she missed a S. And I was like, oh, come on. And then uh, Nemina, Nemini or whatever his name, he took over and he ended up winning uh, with two words that were way more simpler than what she had to go through. Um, I'm a little bitter because, you know, the kid, you know, he... He was laid back. He was cool with it. He was, not, you know, real mellow. Uh, didn't really show a lot of emotion. But Nasa was just, she was just an angel. I mean, the girl was joking with the judges in the middle of words. The girl, if you look her up on YouTube, the girl is a bad girl in regards to words. I mean, she, spelling is her life. Words is her life. And I would not be surprised if she was in next year's uh, National Spelling Bee for Nemini or Nemina, wherever his name is. He uh, actually, this was his first National Spelling Bee, and he ended up winning on his first try where the contestants were way more, uh, it was a record, basically over 500 kids were allowed to play in the National Spelling Bee Championship because the they added a wild card round. It used to be just 290-something um, kids, but now it's over, up to 500. And he won out of 590-something kids. So congratulations. He did an excellent job. He was on the Today Show. Uh, my boy Max uh, Segovia Snap Fam posted a hilarious uh, Snapchat about his interview, it was the most lifeless Tim Duncan-ish interview that I've ever seen in my life. He just had no emotion at all, but he was excited. The kid is uh, very smart. If you hear that water in the background, that's my dog drinking his water. So never mind the sounds in the background. Uh, but the National Spelling Bee, listen, I watched this over the NBA Finals of Game 1. I actually backtracked in. I had NBA Finals recorded for those who were wondering, who followed me on Snapchat. Uh, so I had ended up uh, watching this instead, and it was so intense. I mean, you have to watch. If you've never done anything in your life, please, every June, this is every June, please turn in, tune in to the National Spelling Bee Championship. It is off the chain. It's so intense. The drama level is insane. So please check it out. Also, Serena Williams withdrew from the French Open. Now, a lot of people are saying, well, uh, she didn't want to face Maria Sharapova just come, coming fresh off of pregnancy. Well, no, that was not the case. Uh, she injured her right pectoral muscle which has a lot to do with your serves. And she just basically could not play. And now she got injured in the last round where she beat in the number 11 seed, Julia uh, Horgas. Uh, she beat her to set up her matchup against Maria Sharapova, but she also injured herself during that matchup. And she still ended up winning. She did a doubles with Venus, but they lost that double set, and 
a lot of it had to do with because Serena was playing hurt throughout that doubles matchup. So uh, because of that, Serena basically had to not be able to play uh, Maria Sharapova. Sharapova was disappointed in the, you know, cancellation of uh, Serena's matchup, basically saying that, you know, she really wanted to play Serena and, you know, it just didn't happen. So, hey, sorry, Maria, you'll just have to face your beat down the next time uh, you go up against Serena when she's healthy. So, I'm sorry, but, you know, Serena's got to make sure she's 100%. And I have no problem with that at all. So, Serena, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, it's amazing that you that she's came come back just from being pregnant, you know, to play in the French Open and to put on the performance that she put on the first two rounds. And it's unfortunate we don't get to see that matchup, but we'll get to see it. She's owned her. She's two in, She's 19 and two against Maria Sharapova. For those who don't know, so for those people that think that Serena is dodging Maria Sharapova, you are kindly mistaken because she's owned her since 2004 when she originally lost to her at Wimbledon. So don't worry about that, Serena fans. Be patient with Serena. This is going to be a slow process. Serena's not going to come back to top form uh, until she's 100% healthy. So give her some time. She's coming. But just give her some time. She's going to eventually win her next major, whether it's the U.S. Open, Wimbledon, whatever the case may be. I'm thinking more Wimbledon because she does so well at Wimbledon. But I'm um, looking forward to seeing her in the future. Get better, Serena. And then, in other media that you don't care about, or possibly will care about, but I care about, I stumbled across this. A soldier leads Virginia police on a bonkers mid-speed chase in a stolen armored vehicle. Quote-unquote, a tank. Bruh, why are you stealing a tank why are you still in the tank? And if you look at the video, the man is driving full speed down Richmond, in Richmond, Virginia, it's full speed, ruthless, just reckless. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So he was driving 40 miles an hour. Uh, the guy's name is, uh, I mean, uh, I, I had his name. I'm going to pull it up for you. But he's an Army vet. He was a lieutenant, basically. And uh, this dude is just insane. He stole a military M577. I don't know what that is. I never rode a tank before or even battled in a tank. But the guy's name is Joseph Phillips. Joseph Phillips. And this chase lasted for two hours. Two hours. And when they pulled him over, when he finally gave up in the high-speed chase, they pulled him over. And when he got out, he got on his knees. And basically, 
he was going to submit, but he gave authorities a lot of problems in submitting. He tried to wrestle his way back. They had to taser him. They had to taser my man. And he ended up, you know, getting arrested, went to the hospital to recover, and now he's in jail. Turns out he was under the influence of marijuana. So, kids, teenagers, grown folks, like, I'm going to quote my man Stephen A. Smith on this one. Stay off the weed. Or you're going to end up driving tanks on I-55 at night and being chased by a bunch of squat cars. So please, don't do it. Don't do it. If anybody even talks to you about smoking weed or any doing any type of drugs, leave it alone. It's wrong. It's wrong in God's eyes. Don't do it. So that's just a brief episode of things that you care about or things that you don't care about. And for my final segment, I want you to stay tuned. We're going to do a brief, I'm just saying, and we'll be right back after this commercial break. nice you were listening to nice smooth rhythms of my man Leon Bridges off his album Good Thing that's my music selection of the week please check out that album it is amazing one of the best soul albums of the year uh, if you're not up on it please check it out Leon Bridges has been around for a minute if you're not up on his music catalog please Backtrack, check out his music, good music for your ears. So that um, is my surprise selection, music selection for you of my uh, Rock the Mag segment. And now you're going to get here. You heard it here first and you heard it briefly when me and Ian were uh, discussing our predictions um, for the free agency, but you heard it here first, and I'm, I just want to get serious with you guys. Becky Hammond, if you don't have, do you know? If you don't know about her, please look her up. She's one of the greatest WNBA players to ever play, and she's a great basketball mind. You heard it here first. Becky Hammond will be. The first ever women woman NBA head coach. So I'm just letting you guys know that right now. She will coach, whether it's with the Spurs or any other team. Somebody's gonna give her a shot. And you're gonna say, I heard it here on Rod the Mag Podcast. So definitely, you heard it here first. Again, remember that name. Becky Hammond. 
is going to be an NBA head coach. I guarantee it. And on our last segment of, hey, I'm just saying, I'm going to talk about the Cubs. Now, I know there are a lot of Cubs fans that follow me on Snap and Instagram. There are a lot of White Sox fans that follow me on Snap and Instagram. And this is not a Cubs-White Sox debate. I'm not getting into this. Here's what I'm getting into. I'm just saying. Please, Cubs fans, have faith in your team. I know it's been a year and some months since they won the World Series. And trust me, if you follow me on Snap, you saw my snaps. I was very ecstatic that my Cubbies finally pulled off their first title since 1908. But I'm going to use last night as an example. They were down 5-3 to the Phillies with two outs, two strikes, two balls, and my man Jason Hayward, who I've had a history of disrespecting since he's been a Cubs. I've, I've, I've been on record as to whenever he comes up to bat, I'll just go get some popcorn. Or I'll go get some, uh, make me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Because I know by the time I come back, if Jason Hayward is up to bat with two outs and runners in scoring position, I know when I come back to that TV, it's going to be a commercial going on. And by the time those commercial segments are off, it's going to be the next inning and the visiting team is up to bat. Which basically validates my point of why I didn't care for the Jason Hayward signing. Until last night. Last night, with two, with three runners on, two strikes, two outs, Jason Hayward comes through and hits a grand slam and gets a big win for the Cubs. So I say this to you, Cubs fans have faith in your team. Yeah. We might not look as superior as 2016 or even 2015, but we're still competitive. Be happy that we're still competitive because we could be worse. We could be a 109-win team, lost team, like we were some years back. We could have never have won the 2016 World Series and still be depressed about us not winning a World Series. But be happy that we have Theo Epstein. Be happy that we have the players lined up. And be happy that we have a team that we can look forward to watching and actually going to their games and having fun watching winning baseball. So, yeah, Jason Hayward finally showed up. I know that's what Cubs fans are saying. He's finally earning his money. Let's get that out of our minds and just appreciate the moment he came through when it mattered and that's all i'm just saying shouts out to jason hayward he gets a big shout out today after that huge win by the cubs last night i want to thank ian from the vibes and stuff podcast for joining the show and remember if you want to be a part of the show please dm me on snapchat dm me on instagram if you have my number shoot me a text If you have thoughts on any of the topics that I will be discussing on the show, and I will definitely let you know 
all the topics that I'll be discussing. You can do research on it so we can talk about it. And again, this is not strictly just a sports show, ladies and gentlemen. I'm talking about a lot of different things. If you have anything, and I'm also going to throw this out here to my Snap fam and also Insta fam. If there's any topics that you're interested in me talking about, please let me know. Shoot me a DM. Shoot me a text message. Let me know what type of topics you would you like me to discuss other than sports on my show. Because I don't want it to just make it strictly for sports, but make it for everybody. Even though everybody's watching the NBA Finals. because that's So it explains why my segment is mainly dominated by sports. But again, this is going to be catered to everybody. So please feel free to give me your advice. Give me your input. Give me your feedback. And download the app, Anchor and listen to the podcast whenever you have free time in between studying in between going to work please do yourself a favor if you want some good laughs enjoy plug it in plug in your ear your your earphones and listen to the podcast and enjoy again thank you for tuning in you're far too kind have a good one y'all